1: Yeah And now please welcome your big Your host baby from
0: And with that, we welcome you inside Studio 34. This is BFFs. He is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, what's happening, man? Greggy, happy Friday to you.
2: Nice little game last night. Well, it depends which side you were on. a, uh, And whether or not you had Cam Newton or O.J. Howard in your lineup. Greg, how'd you sleep? Uh, I, I, I didn't sleep great. Because you had Cam Newton in your lineup. Right. True story. First thing, when I walked in today, we start talking about the game. Greg says... I got a little monologue that I want to deliver when it comes to Cam Newton.
0: I have a couple of things I want to say. Fair enough. Uh, by the way, I actually I have breaking news. You're not going to like this. Actually, oh. you are going to like this. Okay. All right. I like to say But that. I don't like it at all. You ready? I'm ready. James White, not expected to play on Sunday. Really? That really popped up. the birth of nowhere. his child. Ooh. All right.
2: So fire up your Latavius Murray. Rex Burkhead, Greg. Very, very Very, sneaky.
0: Very sneaky. Very, Big Sony
2: Michelle game incoming.
0: Absolutely. Should I go pick up Rex Burkhead in the league? I feel like I should.
2: Uh, If you were depending on James White or you need a flex, then yeah, probably. We can deal with a two-back committee in New England. We cannot deal with a three-back committee in New England, which is a lot of what we saw in week one. So when we get that limited down to two, like we saw for a lot of last year... And there was only two when it was just Sony Michelle and James White. Those guys were eating together. So, if there's no James White this weekend, that actually is huge news. Yeah. I think Rex Burkhead bumps up into a uh, flex discussion Sony
0: Michelle RB2. All right. There you go. All right. Let me get into my rant. That's very interesting. We'll set our lineup during the break um, in regards to James White. But I know we like to use a lot of analytics and we try to measure performance and we try to project out. But. A lot of times, we also judge by the eye test. Last year, when Jamal Williams was consistently just running into the backs of his offensive linemen, we're like, Aaron Jones looks better. When we watched Tampa Bay last week, we're like, wow, Ronald Jones needs more carries because he looks better. Sometimes coaches listen to us, Aaron Jones. Sometimes they don't. Ronald Jones, last night. Well, just watching an entire game last night, and I get it. On Sunday, there's so many games. You can't sit and watch every one. And yes, you can go back and watch, but it's not the same. Last night, all of America, myself included, watched the Panthers and the Buccaneers stink it up for three hours last night. And the conclusion that I got, that I made from last night, Cam Newton sucks. Like, I get slow starts. I get not being healthy. This dude, last night, sucked he cannot throw because his shoulder is not strong enough he cannot move because his foot is not strong enough the cam newton that you're used to running down the middle of the field for 30 yards is dead forget that cam newton i want a guy that's able to just roll out or roll away from pressure and able to then hit his receiver in stride he can't do either of those things he can't hit his receiver, and he can't escape pressure. There was a lot of talk about the brutal offensive line of Carolina last night, particularly left tackle Darrell Williams. Yeah, he's stunk, but normally Cam Newton makes people miss. He ducks out of the way. He scrambles to his right, to his left. He couldn't do that last night. Four different times his team had third and one or fourth and one. Not a single time that he's just given a Cam Newton off the gut. They let him roll out, and he couldn't move. He fumbled the ball. Game on the line, fourth and inches. What did they do? They ran a trick play. It's Cam freaking Newton, your goal line back, who's had double-digit touchdowns before, rushing the football. What did they do? A shotgun formation where Cam, where Cam Newton was split out wide. What is wrong with North Turner? What is wrong with Cam Newton? Answer, he's hurt, yes. Also, he sucks. He sucks. For everybody that asked us this week, do I start Josh Allen or do I start Cam Newton? Frank correctly answered the question. You start Josh Allen. I incorrectly answered the question by saying you start Cam Newton. If you just watch the game and use your eyes last night, you will understand. He can't throw, he can't run, he can't move, he sucks. Now on that last play call, if you weren't gonna give the ball to Cam Newton, I agree you give the ball to Christian McCaffrey, who had no room at all last night. And I will say this, I said it this morning also. If that play works, North Turner's a genius. If it doesn't, he's a moron. So everyone calling him a moron today, I get it. Same can be said for the Philly special Super Bowl. If that play doesn't work, Doug Peterson's a moron. It worked, and now it's legendary. So I don't kill it that much. But when you have Cam Newton that just needs to use his massive 250 pound frame just to get an inch, come on, man. And the Tampa, on the Tampa Bay side of things, if you thought Jameis Winston's going to take this next step under Bruce Arians, he's not. You know why? He sucks too. He's a game manager. Chris Godwin, great call, Frank. Greater sign Mike Evans last night. Very true. You know what the bad call was? O.J. Howard. He doesn't suck, but Bruce Arians doesn't use the tight end. I've tried to tell everybody this all summer that these coaches, especially the older ones, are stubborn. They're going to do what they do. We have said all summer long, O.J. Howard's role in this offense is only going to be something because he's talented. Well, you know what? Bruce Arians doesn't care. He's going to run his system. Last night, he ran his system. How many targets did he have, Frank? Zero. Zero. Because Bruce Arians doesn't care about the tight end. This is what I
2: learned last night, Frank. Bruce Arians doesn't care about kids either, apparently. OJ Howard has a campaign where he will give $100 to an organization for kids for every catch he has this year.
0: We're not getting a lot of money for kids, I guess. That's last night's game. Frank have a chance to opine. When we come back, we'll let you know about everything from this Sunday. the around.
1: DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you advice. We play every day.
4: proudly made in america
2: fantasy football frenzy would you have jameson crowder higher than i personally do
4: well actually i think i have him a little lower i think i have him at 41 for the week okay i have robbie anderson right now ahead of him but with all his news that came out today i'll probably push him down and behind him if sam Darnold was playing to be completely
1: different but he's not i don't know what trevor samian's going to do until i see what's going on here is levy bell gonna play is he gonna be limited i'm gonna be downgrading all my jets here not really wanting to start anybody in the green Watch live weekdays, 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern, on Sumo TV, channel 719.
0: Back with you, BFFs, Frankie Stample, Greg Sussman. No EY today. Bet is on for EY. Uh, Last night, in that league, he had Carolina defense, I believe? That is correct. I was upset when they got the safety. I also was upset. These things are going
2: great. They had two points. And I was like, ah, this is great. Yeah. They yeah. ended up with six. And they had six because of the safety. Yeah. Sucks. Could have gotten off to a better start, but it's fine. We're still projected to win. Still a good spot. Just just updated the lineup. We got Latavius Murray in over James White. Let's go! Team BFF! I
0: think this is this is the right lineup.
2: Yeah, Aaron Jones against right Minnesota. Eh. I mean, do you want to Yeah, know. we there's nothing else we could do. Peyton Barber on our bench. That wasn't great. Greg, we got a lot to talk about. Let's go.
0: All right, let's let's uh, let's. You want, do you have anything you want to say? Of the game because I know I didn't actually give you a chance. Uh, no,
2: play. you hit on pretty much everything. Uh, DJ
0: Moore and Curtis Samuel looked good.
2: Yeah, they did look good, and there were so many yards left on the field. I thought Cam Newton could have ended up with five hundred passing yards in this game if he hits Curtis Samuel in stride. That's like a seventy-yard touchdown. He underthrew him on that play. He also underthrew Curtis Samuel in the red zone when that could have been a touchdown. Uh, but overall, you know, Curtis Samuel, I thought looked really good. So did DJ Moore. Given everything that's going on with uh, Cam Newton. DJ Moore, 24 targets in his first two games. But you said it perfectly right, Greg. C- Cam Newton, first two games of the scene- season, minus two rushing yards through the first two games. In a game where his shoulder clearly did not look right, and he had off-season shoulder surgery, he threw the ball 51 times and completed less than 50% of his passes against the Tampa Bay Bucs defense. I will give credit where it's due, um the Bucs defense has looked better. They brought the house, you know, they they got to the quarterback. Shaq Barrett played well. Vernon Hargraves made the stop when they needed to. Uh, so shout out to the Bucks defense. They're playing well. Ronald Jones, who? That doesn't matter. Uh, overall, I want to see more from Mike Evans. Perfect by low candidate right now. And yes, I am officially worried about O.J. Howard. That's
0: everything. All right, there we go. Let's get in now to this week. I know you guys have a lot of questions uh, inside our our YouTube chat. They've tweeted at us all week. We're going to try to answer as many as we can kind of while going through these games. I'll throw random names at Frank. Uh, And he'll, you know, kind of hopefully answer the question. Let me start with San Francisco and Cincinnati. Uh, Joe Mixon is expected to play practice today. Went through the walkthrough. He looks good to go. We talked uh, a lot on the FanDuel Hurry Up about San Francisco and and Jimmy G uh, in a good spot. He's very high. Is Jim Sanas on Matt Breida this week. How do you like Matt Breida at San Francisco? I like Matt Breida as a
2: top 24 running back In this matchup, the Bengals did allow just 64 rushing yards last week against Chris Carson, but they did allow, obviously, a rushing and receiving touchdown to Chris Carson. So I'm looking at Matt Breida as a top 24 running back in this matchup, Greg. I think Raheem Mostert is a... Low-end flex, you know, I don't know that I'd want to trust him right away, but if you are desperate, I understand maybe you lost to James White or something like that. Um, I do think that it's probably going to be a 1A and 1B split between Matt Breida and Raheem Mostert in this matchup going up against the Bengals. Would you rather
0: start Raheem Mostert or Giovanni Bernard? Same game. If Joe Mixon plays, I'll go with Mostert. Okay. Uh, On the the Cincinnati side... And
2: while we're talking about Joe Mixon versus uh, Gio Bernard, I just wish that Joe Mixon would sit out. Because I think that, said that all week long. with him being questionable, I don't think he's going to be 100% by the time Sunday comes. I think he's going to do just enough where you're not going to feel good about starting him because he'll probably get like 10 to 12 touches and how effective will he be in those touches. And then probably the same thing for Giovanni Bernard. So it would just be best for everyone if Joe Mixon would sit out and then we can play Giovanni Bernard as that you know high-end RB2.
0: Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited. I'm watching this game to find out if John Ross could do it two games in a row. That's what I'm looking forward to. Detroit and Los Angeles. I said it before. Uh, the Detroit Lions felt like they lost last week despite tying against Arizona. They take a Chargers team has just been battered by injuries, man. Hunter Henry, Mike Williams on top of Melvin Gordon's holdout. But it is making it a little bit clear what to expect. A lot of Austin Eckler, a lot hey, of are we already passed the 49ers and Bengals game? I, I, I said Cincinnati, and you didn't say anything. So I
2: moved oh, oh, I did. I did want to just talk about John Ross because I know a lot of people are going to have that question. I have him as a low end wide receiver three this week. Boomer Bust going up against Richard Sherman, who did allow a touchdown in coverage last week. And I saw this on Twitter. They have the biggest disparity in forty times. Obviously, Richard Sherman ran his forty a long time ago, but he's older. I think there's a chance that John Ross can actually get behind Burn the him. defense here as well. So we know what he is. It's Boomer Bust, but you know, as a low end wide receiver three, I actually have John Ross ranked the highest of all the wide receivers that were picked up this week. Higher than uh, Ahead of Hollywood Brown, ahead of Terry McLaurin, ahead of Michael Hardman.
0: Okay. Los Angeles-Detroit, already previewed it, Frank, so just <laughs> dive right in.
2: Uh, yeah, so, I don't know. This is kind of a weird game. I don't really want to trust either of the... Quarterbacks in this game. Obviously, Phillip Rivers is going to be without Hunter Henry. He still has Keenan Allen. I expect Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler to get a ton of targets in this matchup because who else are they going to throw the ball to? Mike Williams did practice today on a limited basis, but even if he goes, I don't expect him to be the 100%. And be, they don't have much depth there. You know, outside of Keenan Allen, if Mike Williams doesn't play, they have Dontrell Inman, they have Travis Benjamin. So I think we get a big dosage of Keenan Allen who. Lines up, you know, last week he played about 50% of his uh, snaps on the outside, 50% in the slot. So when he's out on the outside, he's probably going to see Darius Slay. I would expect the Chargers to try and use Keenan Allen more in the slot this week. Obviously, you're still starting him if you're using him. And if you're playing in DFS... Austin Eckler just looks like he's in a prime time spot here going up against Detroit, who just got torched by David Johnson a week ago, Greg, for a receiving touchdown. So Austin Eckler, again, for DFS. I have him ranked as a top five running back heading into this week. Uh, On Detroit side of things, I'm not really into Kenny Galladay as much as I was last week. I have him as a high-end wide receiver three, just because now I think Detroit, they still want to run the football, Greg. But I think they have four legitimate pass catchers now, with Marvin Jones, T.J. Hawkinson, Kenny Galladay, and Danny Amendola. I think projecting target shares are going to be a little bit tougher on a weekly basis for Detroit now. And Kenny Galladay is going to be matched up with Casey Hayward, who you know predominantly plays on the outside. That's where Casey Hayward is going to match up opposite him. So, you know, Kenny Galladay, we drafted him as a. Solid wide receiver 2, maybe low-end wide receiver 2, but he's more of a high-end wide receiver 3 for me this week, Greg. Anything else here? I guess TJ Hawkinson, if you picked him up, you're probably playing him. I have him as a top 10 tight end. TJ
0: Hawkinson or Darren Waller this week, the two tight ends you picked up? I would go with Darren Waller. Would you go with TJ Hawkinson or Vernon Davis? Jordan Reed ruled out for the Washington Redskins as the game we'll get to next.
2: This is a good question. I move Vernon Davis inside my top 12 at tight end, but I have TJ Hawkinson as my tight end 8 on the week. One spot behind OJ Howard, which I'm sure he's going to outscore. (laughs)
0: I hope so. (laughs) Washington and Dallas is up next, as we said, at 1 o'clock. And, Frank, you and I were just having a conversation downstairs when we heard that Jordan Reed was ruled out. You said, Bernie Davis is going to eat against Dallas because look what Evan Ingram did. I'm like, listen, the Giants have nobody else to throw to. They don't. Again, we'll get to that in just a second. But... Vernon Davis, Terry McLaurin, Paul Richardson, Trey Quinn. There are weapons here with Washington. On the Dallas side, same can be said. I know Amari Cooper's still banged up with his foot, which I think it will be all season long. Uh, Michael Gallup uh, looked good. Looked really, really good, I thought, last week against the Giants. And then you have um, the running game where Ezekiel Elliott should be back to normal. Adrian Peterson going to get the start for Washington. A lot to unpack here in this game. How do you see it breaking down?
2: Yeah, so let's start off with Washington and Vernon and Davis. He's probably the player that I like most in the past game this week for Washington. We saw him score the touchdown last week. It was a really emotional game for Vernon Davis. I believe he lost his grandfather either earlier that morning or over the weekend. Uh, but overall, he could still play, man. I don't care that this guy's in his mid-30s. If you saw that touchdown that Vernon Davis had against Philly, that was a really, really impressive play. And Evan Ingram just ate against the Dallas Cowboys. So I think that this is a matchup that Washington can actually exploit because the Cowboys have a really, really good secondary. So I think Terry McLaurin could actually struggle in this matchup. I do like McLaurin over Trey Quinn if I had to decide between one of the wide receivers here. I'm not really on Paul Richardson this week, but overall, I think Vernon Davis has the clearest path to fantasy viability this week in the past game against the Dallas Cowboys. Adrian Peterson... And Chris Thompson. Obviously, if you play in PPR, I like Thompson more. We just saw Saquon Barkley catch either five or six passes against Dallas last week. And we're expecting Washington to play from behind again. I understand this is their home opener, but the Cowboys are laying five and a half points in this matchup. So um, I expect the Cowboys to be leading for a lot of this game, Greg. I understand it's a divisional matchup. But uh, Chris Thompson, I like as a low-end flex, low-end RB3 in PPR. Adrian Peterson... The only way I'm starting him is if you were depending on Darius Geis as like your flex running back. Other than that, I would like to get away from Adrian Peterson if possible. Uh, and then when it comes to the Cowboys, start all Cowboys, man. I really like this matchup for Dak. I have him ranked inside my top seven quarterbacks this week. Uh, we just saw Carson Wentz throw for over 300 yards and three touchdowns. Quinton Dunbar, who is the starting cornerback opposite of Josh Norman, is not expected to play this week. So I think Michael Gallup, you're firing him up again. I like him as a... You know, a high-end wide receiver three in this matchup. Obviously, you're using Amari Cooper. He torched Josh Norman in their only matchup last year. Uh, and Ezekiel Elliott, I assume that every week that goes by, he gets more and more work. So pretty much just fire up everyone on Dallas
0: outside of Jason Wynn. We'll take a break here. we come back. We'll get into the Giants and the Bills. A whole lot more to come. to BFF's Sports Grid TV.
5: Andro400.com. Lose weight now. Go to Fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at Fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to Fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to Fat100.com for free information on how you can lose weight, go to Fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's Fat100.com.
0: One NFL Sunday, Drew Digmeyer won 100 grand. That was last week. He used the Daily Roto DFS lineup optimizer. Four days later, aka last night, another employee of DailyRoto.com named Colin Drew won $103,000. Last night? Last night. This is real. He played the DraftKings. Slate last night, the showdown Slate. He also used the Daily Roto DFS line of optimizer. Seven Daily Roto customers have also won a million dollars playing on FanDuel or DraftKings each week. And players like Drew and Colin, they win thousands upon thousands pounds, thousands of dollars each week. If you're not using this optimizer and you're playing DFS, you're doing it wrong. Sign up for the NFL annual pass with a faster optimizer, smarter projections, better results, Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That promo code is ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires and $100,000 heirs are made. Unbelievable. I see it right in front of me now. $103,000 this guy won.
2: That is phenomenal news. Daily Roto continuing to get it done. They absolutely crushed the football season, crushed the baseball season as well. But I think there's more of a... There's more of a... Uh, that's the word I'm looking for here. Microscope. They're under more of a microscope when it's football season because there's these single-game slates. There's these showdown slates. You know, Whenever there's one game, there's so much money to be made, and these guys are just absolutely dominating. So, yeah, make sure you head on over to Daily Roto real quick before we get into the Giants game, Greg. I did want to bring up Randall Cobb as well, sure. who I like as a sneaky flex this week going up against Jimmy Moreland. That is the slot <laughs> cornerback of Washington. According to PFF, this is the second highest, second best matchup among wide receiver cornerback matchups this week is Randall Cobb going up against the slot corner, Jimmy Moreland. So I'll just throw that out there as a flex play, especially in PPR.
0: Should we start Randall Cobb over John Brown?
2: No. All right. I have John Brown as wide receiver 31. Very, very bullish
0: on John Brown. Who do you have higher, John Brown or Michael Gallup? I have Gallup higher. All right, John Brown playing for the Bills, of course, this year. Had a nice game in his first game with Buffalo last week with Josh Allen in their comeback at MetLife against the Jets. We don't think we're going to have to come back at MetLife this week because we think it's going to be a pretty uh, not easy win, but we expect a lot out of the Buffalo against the Giants here this Sunday. It's the Bills and the Giants, Frank. We've been bullish on Josh Allen. I believe you have him as a top 10 quarterback this week. What do you think about the Bills and the Giants? I have Josh Allen as a top 8
2: quarterback this week, Greg, and... I just don't trust that secondary of the New York Giants. I've been talking about Josh Allen all week long. Love him this week. Look, is he going to throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns like Dak did? No, but... We know that he's going to run a little bit. He had the the most rushing attempts among quarterbacks in Week 1. And again, this secondary is just not good. Janoris Jenkins is fine, but it seems like you know he's kind of aging. He's past his prime now. And DeAndre Baker, while he might be good one day, Greg, did not look good in Week 1. So I think John Brown could get behind the defense here. I think Cole Beasley is in for a good matchup as well. On the Giants side of things,
0: actually, let me talk about Ingram.
2: The, the Bills running back real quick. Uh, De- Devin Singletary I have as a high-end RB3, a high-end flex option, who I want to like more, but I can't really rank him higher because I don't know what the snaps are going to be
0: like yet. And what are you doing right here, Greg? Trying to, in a league that we were in together, see if I can make this move before it's too late.
2: Yes, you can make that move. Thank you. Uh, But uh, like I was talking about, when it comes to Devin Singletary, uh, I don't know... That I can trust him yet in terms of the touches. I like him as a high-end flex because of this matchup against the Giants. Uh, But overall, I really do like the pass game more. I like Josh Allen. I like the pass catchers for the Bills a little bit more here. On the Giants side, Greg, you mentioned it. Evan Ingram is going to eat. The guy had 14 targets last week. He might have 14 targets again. He might have more than 14 targets. Who are they going to throw the ball to? Even uh, Cody Latimer looked good last week. He's questionable in this matchup. It's going to be a whole lot of Saquon Barkley. It's going to be a whole lot of Evan Ingram. And you know what? It sucks for Sterling Shepard because this would have been a really good matchup. The Bills starting nickelback. Teron Johnson has been ruled out. So it's a good matchup for whoever's going to play the slot here, Greg. But your guess is as good as mine. Is it going to be Benny Fowler? Is it going to be TJ Jones? And you don't want to trust those guys anyway. So it's just a whole lot of Engram, a whole lot of Saquon. Love those guys for DFS. The Buffalo Bills, one of my best bets on Sunday.
0: Yeah, and it makes sense. Look, the Giants, I think, only have two healthy wide receivers. And that's TJ Jones and it's Benny Fowler. That's it. If Cody Latter doesn't play, like, I see I
5: think, a lot of I think wrestling. they
0: picked up Cody Core off the Bengals practice squad. They did do that. That's correct. But he's more of a returner than anything else. Yeah. So. We'll see. Yeah, it's Major Bill Peppers play offense here. New York football, Greg. New York football at its finest. One of the other major questions that we've gotten this week, Frank, both uh, in our downstairs with with our our coworkers, with the people inside our YouTube chat, people that tweet at us, what do we do about Aaron Jones? What do we do about the Minnesota, uh, the skill position players? Minnesota threw the ball 10 times last week. 11 routes run by these wide receivers. Aaron Jones... Found no running room as the offensive line for Green Bay was pummeled all night long by a good Chicago Bears defense. Minnesota defense, they're really good, too. What do you make about those two monster questions that we've gotten? Aaron Jones and the pass catchers of Minnesota.
2: Yeah, so I have Aaron Jones as RB24, low-end RB2, and while we were drafting him as a high-end RB2.
0: Well, let me, let me yep. interrupt you there. Alex, I know you're, you're video producing the show. You had a question coming into today. Do I start Aaron Jones or who? Who was that player? He doesn't have a headset because he doesn't have a headset anymore. It was Devin Singletary who you just spoke about. Devin Singletary or Aaron Jones. I was like, Alex, like, that's, a, that's a little nuts. He's like, dude, Aaron Jones sucked last week. and I was like, I get it, man. It's not a crazy question. I have
2: Devin Singletary just a few spots behind him, but yeah. I would go with Aaron Jones. Uh, the one game that he played against Minnesota last year, he totaled over 90 yards and had a touchdown against a very similar defense. The Vikings bring back a lot of the similar player, players from last year. I understand your concern, Matt Lafleur's offense, his play calling was, you know, left a lot to be desired in Week One. The Packers' offensive line did not look great. David Bakhtiari actually questionable in this game as well, but I would expect. Aaron Jones' workload to be a little bit safer than I do expect it to be for Devin Singletary. I expect Aaron Jones to be around 15 touches, maybe a little bit more than that. And while Devin Singletary looked really good on his limited touches last week, I don't know what we can expect from him yet. So for that reason, I still have him as more of a flex option than an RB2. So, I, it, look, there's ways that you can get away from Aaron Jones, but ultimately, uh, I'm probably going to go with Aaron Jones for one more week here. Uh, you know, all the Packers players, I spoke about this yesterday on the Frenzy, could potentially be by low candidates after this game against the Minnesota Vikings. I have Aaron Rodgers as my QB 15 this week. If you can get away from him, it's something that I would look at doing. Devontae Adams, you drafted him in the first round, you're still going with him, even against Xavier Rhodes. He had at least 60 yards and a touchdown and a touchdown in each of his two matchups against Minnesota last season. I think MVS is very sneaky this week, Greg. Matchup against Trey Waynes. That's who
0: allowed the touchdown to Calvin Ridley a week ago. I don't mind the MVS matchup, and Xavier Rhodes, I believe... Uh, One of those games was with Sean Kaiser at quarterback for Green Bay last year. He got the ball to Devontae Adams inside the red zone. I'm never afraid to start Devontae Adams. I do like MVS as a sneaky start here this week for Green Bay. On the other side of Minnesota, though, we got to answer those questions, what to do. Like, Dalvin Cook, the offensive revolves around him. That's awesome, and it's good to know that. But the Stephon Diggs owners, the Adam Thielen owners, they're nervous. Should they be? Yeah, they should be. You know, it's hard to really figure
2: out this game, you know, from a handicapping perspective, from a fantasy perspective, because in years past, these games have been shootouts. But the Green Bay Packers' defense looked really good in Week 1, Greg. So, you know, if that's something that carries over into this week as well, you know, Jair Alexander actually looked pretty good. He was drafted very early on. He's probably going to be on Stephon Diggs or Adam Thielen for a lot of this game. And typically in the past, Diggs and Thielen have owned this matchup. Some of the biggest games that they've had in their careers have come against the Green Bay Packers, but again... The secondary and overall their pass rush looked pretty good in week one against the Bears. So I'm devaluing these guys based on where they were drafted just because of, A, the matchup against the Packers and the fact that we don't know how much they're going to pass the ball. So there's there's more unknown with these Packers uh, Vikings wide receivers than there have been in the past. So I have Adam Thielen as wide receiver 17. I have Stefan Diggs wide receiver 23. Just ahead of Diggs, Tyler Boyd, Tyler Lockett, DJ Moore, Robert Woods. Just ahead of Thielen. Allen Robinson, Tyrell Williams, T.Y. Hilton, Cooper Cup. I know some people are going to you know, hear Tyrell Williams and Allen Robinson and think, whoa, that's kind of crazy to have these guys ranked that high, but I really, really like the matchups for those respective wide
0: receivers. Spud Diggs and or Adam Thielen have a big game this week. Do you use that chance to just trade them?
2: Potentially, you know, I, I, this is a big game for the Vikings and, and for fantasy, specifically for these receivers. I want to see, you know, what is the pass volume like again? How much are these guys being targeted? What are their target shares like? Because I think most of the time, Greg, even if they're throwing a ball just 25 times a game, at least 20 of those targets are probably going to Thielen and Diggs. So there's a lot of questions to be answered specifically this week. But I think, you know, if they have big games here, It's probably something
0: that we're looking at. Yes, we're entertaining that. I tend to agree with you. All right, let me move on to Indianapolis and Tennessee. Marlon Mack was amazing last week. Derrick Henry was almost just as good, uh, if not better. It's two teams that want to run the football, uh, I think, at this point. Do you like both of these running backs a lot?
2: Yeah, I love both of these running backs. I have them both ranked inside my top 15 This week, we just saw what Austin Eckler did against the Indianapolis Colts last week. And while Derrick Henry is not the same mold of a running back as Austin Eckler... The Colts had a lot of issues tackling. They gave up a lot of big plays, so we saw Derrick Henry take a 75-yard screen pass to the house last week. I like both of these running backs in this game a lot. It's a divisional matchup. It's a close point spread. Tennessee is getting the home three points. Uh, They're laying the home three points here. Uh, It's their home opener. I expect this to be a close game. I expect a lot of work for both Derrick Henry and Marlon Mack. Uh, And when it comes to the Colts receivers... You're starting T.Y. Hilton. I have him as a high-end wide receiver three. We just saw Keenan Allen have a big game um, against the against the, the Colts. The Colts against the Colts here. Um, so look, when it comes to the Tennessee Titans pass catchers, you can't really trust any of them, Greg. Between Corey Davis and AJ Brown, if AJ Brown has another big game here, then maybe we're trusting him next week. But overall, you know, I would want to get away from their wide receivers. Delaney Walker I do have as a top 10, obviously a very viable starting tight end. Um, But when it comes to T.Y. Hilton, I have him as a high-end wide receiver too. I want to like one of the tight ends here in this matchup for the Indianapolis Colts. But the thing is, which one? That's the issue. It's uh, Jack Doyle played 43 snaps, ran 13 routes last week. Eric Ebron uh, had 25 snaps, ran 16 routes. So it's really hard to trust them. It's really just... Play, uh, play Hilton, play Delaney Walker, and play the running backs in this matchup.
0: We'll take a break. When we come back, we have one segment left. We'll do the best we can to get through every game. So when we come back, we'll hit on New England and Miami. We'll hit on Los Angeles, New Orleans, Kansas City, and Oakland. A whole lot more. Stick around
4: Proudly made in America.
1: Full-time fantasy. We did see Chris Thompson last week. Seven receptions for 68 yards, and we did get someone call earlier about starting him. I I still don't feel great, uh, depending on what your options are, because... You know, if he's not involved in the passing game or if this game's close and they feed Peterson, then Thompson has a very low floor because he's not assured of getting anything on the ground. Weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers.
0: Final... 15 or so minutes here on the program. Frank, let's get right back into it. It's the Dolphins and the Patriots from Miami. Biggest spread of the week by far. Almost 20 points are the Patriots favored by, uh, against their ex-defensive coordinator, Brian Flores, uh, and the Dolphins. Dolphins looked relatively inept against New England. Who's, who's starting from Miami? Is Ryan Fitzpatrick still starting?
2: Your guess is as good <laughs> as mine. I, I would assume he is. I think that they just put Josh Rosen in the game because it was out of hand. I mean, even on the other side, Baltimore brought in Robert Griffin III. It's... Look, start all Patriots, bench all Miami Dolphins. Who are you going to start from Miami here? Maybe Devontae Parker is a little bit interesting, uh, someone that I would pay attention in this matchup. But overall, I can't start any Miami Dolphins, not even Kenyon Drake. I have him ranked outside my top 36. Uh, People asking in the chat, what do I do with Antonio Brown? Look, if he plays, I have him as a low-end wide receiver too. I don't know that he's going to get his full complement of snaps but I think that New England is going to make it a thing to get him involved in his first game in a Patriots uniform. They did it last year with uh, Josh Gordon as well. Josh Gordon looked like he was shaking off some rust. They were still force-feeding him the football. So I have Josh Gordon as a high-end wide receiver three this week, Julian Edelman as a high-end wide receiver two. Uh, I don't know that everyone is going to eat in this contest because it is such a huge spread. Like, Do we see New England kind of take their foot off the pedal here? I like Sony Michelle as a uh, solid RB2. I have him ranked inside my top 16 this week at the running back position with a spread this big. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if Sonny Michelle scores a touchdown or two. And we were just talking about Rex Burkhead earlier in the show, Greg. If we like James White as a flex this week when there were three running backs involved. That means we have to like Rex Burkhead at least a little bit more now that there's only two running backs involved, he's likely going to fill that James White role. So Rex Burkhead also in the mix here as a high end RB three as a flex option.
0: Yeah, Rex Burkhead goes right into that James White role. You said it you just said it, right? If you like James White with three running backs, you probably like Rex Burkhead with two. It makes sense. I think and I've seen I mean, it. Brandon
2: like, Bolden's there, but like what is he gonna get?
0: Well they could make they could make Harris active. Damian Harris, that's true. Could Good point. Harris, yeah, I
2: mean, pay attention to that. It's probably going to be the case.
0: Now, I want to – we've thrown this out there a lot. This could be a get-right game for Sony Michelle, who was brutal last week. Hopefully – 0.9 yards per carry, Greg. Hopefully – not going to get it done for your boy. Hopefully, this is a get-right game for him. Pittsburgh and Seattle is up next. Frank, you've been telling me you think it's going to be a big-time game for the Se- uh, Pittsburgh offense. Going to take advantage of some of these Seattle quarterbacks um, that got lit up last week. So you said, I have Dante Moncrief, don't be afraid to throw him out there. Juju should look better. James Conner will hopefully look better. On the other side, Tyler Lockett was uh, really bogged down last week, really targeted. What happens this week? New matchup.
2: Yeah, so both of these defenses gave up big plays. Obviously, the Seahawks gave up a ton of production to John Ross last week. We saw John Ross go off for 150 yards and two touchdowns, and that was with dropping three passes as well. So yes, you're firing up Your Juju Smith-Schuster shares, obviously, if you drafted him, that was like a first, second-round pick. You're getting him in your lineup. Dante Moncrief, I haven't ranked outside my top 36 because they used four wide receivers last week, Greg. like They were mixing in Deontay Johnson. They were mixing in James White. I think James White is... Really sneaky because they targeted him down the field. He had the highest average depth of target last week for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The thing is, he's not going to get a lot of targets. He's not going to see, you know, uh, a huge target share, a big volume of targets. But the targets that he does get, he might make the most of them. Dante Moncrief, you know, he's inside my top 48 wide receivers – I don't really want to trust him, but if there's ever a game where he can perform, it's going to be against this Seahawks secondary. On the other side, Tyler Lockett, still a low-end wide receiver too, was battling a back injury earlier in the week. He returned to full practice yesterday and today as well. Um, It's going to be interesting to see what the Steelers do. They mentioned after that game that Tyler Lockett saw coverages that he hadn't seen since college, where the Bengals were really trying to take him out of that game. I'm still trusting Tyler Lockett. I think he gets more involved here. Obviously, you're using Chris ha- Carson where you're drafting him. Uh, we're not using Rashad Penny. We're getting away from him here, obviously, Greg. Uh, and then DK Metcalf. If I, if I were ranking the wide receivers in this game, yep. I would go G- Juju, Tyle Lockett, DK Metcalf, and then Dante Moncrief. Based on his target share, DK Metcalf saw a ton of yes, he did. targets last week. He led this team in targets, led them in target share, uh, and the Steelers' secondary did not look great. Joe Hayden will play in this matchup, but he has been banged up this week, only practicing
0: on a limited basis. We'll ultimately find out uh, if Tyler Lockett and that target share is real or something that we expect to go up. We'll find out this week, of course, uh, in Pittsburgh. Up next, Frank, as we continue on going over these games... Baltimore versus Arizona. Kyler Murray versus Lamar Jackson. Baltimore put up a billion points last week. Arizona put up a billion points in the fourth quarter last week. How do you see this one shaking out? I know Gabe likes Arizona from a betting perspective. He thinks uh, Baltimore- I, I do too. too. So too do many I. points. So do I. It's too many points. Uh, and Arizona's not going to be afraid of seeing Lamar Jackson. This one's going to be interesting. I think Baltimore sneaks by, but I don't- I don't hate Arizona in this one, and I like it with the points.
2: Look, I love Lamar Jackson, obviously, in this matchup. We just saw Arizona get torched by Matt Stafford. He threw from us four, 400 yards and three touchdowns last week. And... Look, Lamar Jackson, I have him as a top three ranked wide uh, quarterback this week. I have Marquise Brown as a borderline wide receiver three. As we've talked about throughout the waiver shows, he's going to be a boom or bust option. But against this Cardinals secondary, he should be able to take advantage. Love Mark Andrews as well. TJ Hawkinson just ran wild against this Cardinals secondary. So I have Mark Andrews ranked as a top five tight end this week. He is my tight end five overall. The only tight ends I wouldn't use him over are the, uh, the top three elite. And Evan Engram. So, if you're just you know, if you have a Mark Andrews or this guy question, just keep that in mind. On the other side, Kyler Murray. I think that Kyler Murray is still going to be able to have some success. I understand that this is a good Ravens defense, but Jimmy Smith is out. He's already been ruled out. Marlon Humphrey, the other starting cornerback in this matchup, is questionable. He's kind of been limited in practice all week as well. So, you know, I, I think Larry Fitzgerald is still a wide receiver three. I still think that Christian Kirk is a low-end wide receiver three. But as we've been talking about all week long, when it comes to the Cardinals' wide receivers, it's kind of hard to trust them because there's going to be four wide receiver sets. So, you know, I kind of want to see this play out for another week. But if you do have Fitzgerald, I like him as a wide receiver three. Same thing goes for Christian Kirk. If I own Kyler Murray, I'm not completely getting away from him, Greg. I have him as my QB 16, just behind Aaron Rodgers, but I do have him ahead of some other names like Jimmy Garoppolo, like Matthew Safford, like Phillip Rivers as well. David Johnson, I still think that you know he can have value in this game because they're going to throw him the football. Love the target share that we saw last week. Uh, Mark Ingram, I don't like him as much as... I did earlier in the week. You know, I went back and looked at how they used him and Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. All three of those guys had touches on the first drive. The Ravens are a huge favorite in this game, but the Cardinals actually performed pretty good against Kerryon Johnson. So for me, uh, I, I like David Johnson the most of the running backs here. I like Mark Ingram as a low-end RB2 more so than the high, high-end RB2 I had him last week. What's total this game for you? I believe the total it's it's fluctuated. It's, it opened at like forty two or forty three. I think it shot up to like forty seven. Wow. And now it came back down like to like 46, yeah. 45, 46. So it's in that range.
0: Wanna like the over. don't know if it's a lot of points though. Yeah. I like it at forty one. So usually
2: yeah. the odds makers are not that far off. So when you see it open at forty two shoot all the way up to forty seven, that means you know, people are getting a little bit too excited on, on this uh Kyler versus
0: Lamar Jackson matchup. Uh are you excited about it? Sean Watson versus Gardner
2: Minchu, the Gardner stash, out. baby.
0: Minchu. What do you think about Houston and Jacksonville? We were talking before. Jacksonville has so much of their defense out, including A.J. Boye, not expected to play. Uh, Nguakwe, not expected to play. We'll see about Cam Robinson on the offensive side of the ball. We don't know if Marcel Darius will play. Jacksonville, not in a good spot. Houston, listen, this is a game they are favored by 8.5 points. And Bill O'Brien normally lets us down in this spot. They played really well on the road in New Orleans. Houston is my survivor pick.
2: I don't hate that. I think the Patriots and Texans are like the obvious survivor picks.
0: Baltimore's game. not not a not a pick, but anyway, I like I like I like, the, I like Texans more than I like Baltimore. We're going with Houston. What do you think about this game from a fantasy perspective?
2: I still you're still using Deshaun Watson. He has struggled against the Jaguars in his career. Only one hundred and eighty-six point five passing yards and just one touchdown in his two matchups against the Jaguars last year. But as you mentioned, Greg, no Ngakwe, no A.J. Boye in this matchup. DeAndre Hopkins, obviously you're using him. You know, People might get scared off the Jalen Ramsey matchup. I think it makes for a contrarian DFS play. Very high-priced, obviously. Will Fuller, now that A.J. Boye is not playing, Greg, very sneaky Will Fuller matchup this week. What I didn't like about Week 1 is that he only saw three targets, but he's in a similar mold to... John Ross for me, same mold as a Hollywood Brown. Not he's not as you know trustworthy as a Deshaun Jackson for me, but Will Fuller, you know he'll see a few deep, deep shots in this matchup, and without AJ Boye, he might be able to make the most of those. Duke Johnson, um, I think is in a good spot here. We just saw Damian Williams catch uh, a ton of passes last week. uh, The Jags allowed nine receptions to running backs. That was fifth most in the NFL in Week 1. They allowed 4.65 yards per carry. Duke Johnson, a high-end flex option. Carlos Hyde, a desperation play. They are big favorites here. Maybe he scores a touchdown. That's really what you're hoping for. Uh, But if you can get away from Carlos Hyde, I probably am. Gardner Minshew, it's going to be interesting to see. You know The target share once he came in, D.D. Westbrook, 24%. Chris Conley, 20%. You know, I, I still have D.D. Westbrook in my lineup. He's more of a low-end wide receiver three now with Gardner Minshew as his quarterback, whereas with Nick Foles, he was a high-end wide receiver three. Uh, and I want to like Leonard Fournette. You know, the, the work is going to be there, obviously, but Cam Robinson potentially out. They could be trailing, playing from behind in this matchup against the Jaguars. If you own Fournette, you're still using him, but in DFS... It is it is a little bit scary if they fall behind. We we saw it happen last week as well, Greg. He only had thirteen carries in that game.
0: He did. He did only have thirteen carries. But he
2: saw a ton of targets, which
0: was a good thing. It was very, very helpful. I want to just keep moving on. We yep, only have three yep, yep. minutes. It's Oakland and Kansas City, the first of the late games here. LaShawn McCoy, you talked about his potential flex option. How much do you do you or do you not like him?
2: Yeah, I have him as a low-end RB, 2 I'm very bullish on LaShawn oh, okay, McCoy cool. this week. He ran really well. The YPC was great last week. Uh, Damian Williams, I still have him ranked higher because of his usage in the past game and how much he was used in the red zone. He had four red zone carries compared to LaShawn McCoy's zero. Uh, when it comes to the wide receivers, Sammy Watkins is ranked inside of my top ten. Please use him in DFS this week if you can. Looks like Gary and Conley, the cornerback that suffered the neck injury for the Raiders, is actually going to play I don't know how healthy he's going to be. I think Sammy Watkins eats in this matchup. Uh, when it comes to the when it comes to Mecole Hardman, you probably want to take another week another to week. see what yeah. happens here overall. Uh, I, I like him more than Terry McLaurin if you're just you know weighing the the wide receivers that c- got picked up. Um, but on the other side, I think Derek Carr is very sneaky for DFS. Greg, I agree. Uh, in super flex leagues, I want to get Derek Carr in my lineup. He doesn't rank inside my top twelve. I think I have him at like eighteen or nineteen. Tyrell Williams, very bullish, man. The target share was there, up over 100 yards and a touchdown last week. And we said the concentration of this offense is Tyrell, Darren Waller, and Josh Jacobs. Get all three of those players in your lineup. Tyrell Williams, a top 15 wide receiver from you this week, Greg.
0: Denver and Chicago from the Mile High City. I'm benching Emmanuel Sanders this week where I can afford to. I don't want to start anybody against Chicago. Do you trust Emmanuel Sanders? And on the other side, do you trust David Montgomery?
2: I want to get away from David Montgomery. I spoke to Jim Day about this yesterday, and he is the David Montgomery advocate. He was coming into this year. He was super high on him. But when it comes to David Montgomery, I I, I want to see a week where he actually gets the work before I trust him overall. I understand that the Broncos just gave up two touchdowns to Josh Jacobs, but they allowed just 3.7 yards per carry to Josh Jacobs in that game. So um, I'm not trusting David Montgomery this week, uh, when it comes to the Bears, don't really want to be on anyone outside of Allen Robinson. You know, he looked great in week one, even against that Packers secondary that played better. Um, and Denver just got torched by Tyrell Williams. So I think Allen Robinson's in another really, really good spot here overall. When it comes to the Broncos, yeah, 30 seconds. We got 30 seconds. I'm sorry, Greg. I don't want to trust the running backs for the Broncos. Joe Flacco might get killed here. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders ranks outside my top 36.
0: New Orleans, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, Atlanta, anything?
2: Start everybody in those matchups. Including Miles Sanders? Uh, Miles Sanders, high-end flex. Devontae Freeman, I'm a little worried about him, but he's a high-end flex for me as well.
0: Hope we answered your question. He's Frank. I'm Greg. Good luck this weekend. We'll see you Monday. We hope. We hope.
1: so what did i miss what did i miss here's what you missed on the bffs
0: all right let me get into my rest very interesting we'll set our lineup during the break um in regards to james white but i know we like to use a lot of analytics and we try to measure performance and we try to project out but a lot of times we also judge by the eye test Last year, when Jamal Williams was consistently just running into the backs of his offensive alignment, we're like, Aaron Jones looks better. When we watched Tampa Bay last week, we're like, wow, Ronald Jones needs more carries because he looks better. Sometimes coaches listen to us, Aaron Jones. Sometimes they don't. Ronald Jones, last night. Well, just watching an entire game last night, and I get it on Sunday there's so many games you can't sit and watch every one and yes you can go back and watch but it's not the same. Last night all of America myself included watched the Panthers and the Buccaneers stink it up for 3 hours last night. And the conclusion that I got that I made from last night Cam Newton sucks. Like I get slow starts. I get not being healthy. This dude, last night, sucked. He cannot throw because his shoulder is not strong enough. He cannot move because his foot is not strong enough. The Cam Newton that you're used to running down the middle of the field for 30 yards is dead. Forget that, Cam Newton. I want a guy that's able to just roll out. Or roll away from pressure and able to then hit his receiver in stride. He can't do either of those things. He can't hit his receiver and he can't escape pressure. There was a lot of talk about the brutal offensive line of Carolina last night. Particularly left tackle Darrell Williams. Yeah, he's stunk. But normally Cam Newton makes people miss. He ducks out of the way. He scrambles to his right, to his left. He couldn't do that last night. Four different times his team had third and one or fourth and one. Not a single time that he's just given a Cam Newton off the gut. They let him roll out and he couldn't move. He fumbled the ball. Game on the line, fourth and inches. What did they do? They ran a strict play. It's Cam freaking Newton, your goal line back, who's had double-digit touchdowns before, rushing the football. What did they do? A shotgun formation where Cam, where Cam Newton was split out wide. What is wrong with North Turner? What is wrong with Cam Newton? Answer he's hurt, yes. Also, he sucks.